Amen. Take your Bibles, if you would, and turn over to Psalm 9. Psalm 9. That's where we're going to find ourselves here in a few moments. But before we get into Psalm 9, I want to back up for just a few moments and look at a couple of verses in Psalm 8, because Psalm 9 picks up where Psalm 8 leaves off. And Psalm 8 is powerful. It begins to shed some light into praising the Lord and pondering some of the things the Lord had done and, and our position and the Lord's position. And, and it, it starts out and says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth who has set thy glory above the heaven. So immediately in verse number one, you see two things. You see in Psalm 8, verse number one, that he begins to praise the Lord as he says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. I believe this morning that or this evening that we would all agree there's just something about that name. It's not just a song we sing, but there's truly something about the name of Jesus. Uh, what, a, what a powerful name. And we'll see that as you walk through scripture, there's so much to be said about the, the difference Jesus Christ has made in our lives. And the psalmist goes on and uses these words, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. In Psalm 8, verse number 9, he again goes on and says those exact same words. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. And so you begin to see in Psalm 8 that he, he kind of lays it out for us in praising the Lord and recognizing our position and pondering some things in creation, as he says in verse number 3, when I consider the, thy heavens, the work of thy fingers. And I love the early Psalms. I love Psalm 1 as it lays a foundation really for the Christian life. And understanding some things that you ought to think on and consider. I love as you walk through the early Psalms and it considers and kind of points us to creation and and recognizing some things the Lord has done. And Psalm 9 picks up where Psalm 8 leaves off. Notice the words once again in Psalm 9 verse 1 now. I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. When mine enemies are turned back and... They shall fall and perish at thy presence, for thou hast maintained my right and my cause. Thou saddest in the throne, judging right. Thou hast rebuked the heathen. Thou hast destroyed the wicked. Thou hast put out their name forever and ever. You walk through Psalm 9, all these verses, and you draw yourself to a couple of verses specifically that deal with praise. It starts out, and it's very personal here, as it starts out, it says, I will praise thee. And so this this evening, I, I don't want it to be long necessarily, but I do want to encourage you concerning this matter of praise. I want you to be genuinely honest with yourself and ask yourself this question. Don't raise your hand and don't, don't necessarily acknowledge it right this moment. Uh, but I want you to think about this question and answer it very truthfully to yourself. If you were to ask yourself the question concerning praise, do you only praise the Lord when you get your way? It's easy to praise the Lord when we get our way, right? You're praying about something, you need God to intervene and, and answer a financial need or answer a health need or, or, or just give you some direction or, or whatever the case might be. And he answers really what the way you wanted and desired and so you'll praise him for it. But what about the times whenever the Lord hasn't answered it, is he still worthy of praise? I believe so, right? But it's not sometimes so easy for us to praise the Lord when we haven't heard an answer or when we're still seeking Him on something or maybe something hasn't gone our way or maybe He answered but His answer was no and so now we're frustrated. And so we ask ourselves this question, do we truly only praise the Lord when things are going our way? Notice in verse number 1, once again, He says, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou 
Most High. You see, in Psalm 9, we see and recognize three things that will be a help to us concerning this matter of praise. And because as you think about praise and praising the Lord, this is something that ought to be offered up often. As you start each day, and we have done this, many of us, no doubt, you start your day and you start it out by maybe praying to the Lord and spending time in prayer. And oftentimes in our prayer life, when it's starting out the day, our prayer goes a little bit like this. Lord, thank you for this day. Give me a good day. And that's kind of what it's limited to. Lord, give me a good day. Lord, you, you know my needs. Meet my needs. Lord, you, you, you know the, the things I'm struggling with. Meet those struggles. But what about just entering into prayer and praising the Lord and starting your day? Lord, I just want to thank you for another day and just tell you how wonderful you are. Tell you how good you are and thank you for, for the rest that you gave me and thank you for uh, the, the mercy that you've given me and thank you for the grace that you've get put on my life and all the many things you did. Lord, I just want to praise you today. I just want to praise you, Lord. You know some things I'm, I'm going through, but I, Lord, you know those things. You'll, you'll deal with those things. Lord, I just want to simply, I just want to praise your name. As you come to verse number one, he says, I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I want to draw your attention to a couple of things this evening. Number one, you have some personal reasons to praise the Lord. What are those? Yeah, you, you know those things in your own life. I believe every single one of us, if you are here tonight and you're saved, well, there's one reason. Uh, if you're sitting in your seat this evening and you're, you're here in the house of God, that's another reason. If you have a, a Bible that you're able to hold, then that's another reason. You see, some of these things we take for granted and we don't really think to praise the Lord for them. But when a missionary comes in and a missionary is giving a report and they begin to show a video sometimes and as they're showing that video, you see little children walking up to them with tears in their eyes and they're just wanting to get their hand on a Bible. They're wanting to get a page of the Scriptures. They're wanting to just to be able to look at the Word of God. And every single day of our lives, we have the opportunity to hold this precious book in our hands. You know, one of the, the struggles of the Christian life and one of the, the dangers is falling into the habit of saying amen when we truly and genuinely don't mean it. For instance, right this very moment, I, I could get up and begin to preach and talk about how this book is a life-changing book and everybody would agree, amen, but we don't live that way. We don't live as though this book is a life-changing book because oftentimes in the Christian life we neglect this book. You see, why would you neglect something that if it is truly life-changing, why would you not run to it more often? Why would you not give yourself to it? Why would you not give yourself to the reading of this book and to the, 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 the example of this book and the life-changing truths that it actually deals with? While we were at, at Teen Extreme and camp, the, the gentleman that continued to come up and kind of lead the order of service throughout the week used that, that statement multiple times throughout, the life-changing truths. And I was sitting there, and I think me and Brother John even said something to each other as we were discussing that, that statement, but if it truly is life-changing, what will we do with it? You know, it's one thing to acknowledge truth, it's another thing to live with truth and live in truth. It's one thing to know what is right, it's another thing to live and abide by what is right. And so the psalmist here has some personal reasons in which he can praise the Lord, and I believe every single one of us tonight also does. You look at some of the individuals throughout Scripture and you see that their lives illustrated someone that was given to the Lord and had a reason to live and abide and serve the Lord and they would praise Him often. Think about David for just a moment. David, as you go and you start the life of David, he comes on to the scene and he's introduced as you think about David and Goliath here and he walks onto the scene and he asks the question, is there not a cause? 
Well, the reason he was able to ask that question in such an intense manner, wondering what is going on, why are you doing nothing as this giant is talking about our God? Is there not a cause? You go and you begin to understand that David truly was a man after God's own heart, but he often would praise the Lord. Sometimes it was a matter of praising him for safety. Sometimes it was a matter of just praising the Lord for his goodness and how it endures forever. But David was an individual that would praise the Lord often. Think about Joshua for just a few moments. Joshua, as you begin to see him coming onto the scene, and he's coming onto the scene after Moses. Imagine coming onto the scene after Moses, who was a great leader, and Joshua comes onto the scene. Now he is he is, has some reserve. He has some questions. No doubt has some doubts. And the Lord reaffirms those things and reassures Joshua in Joshua chapter 1. And as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. He reaffirms and helps Joshua. And so now you transition to the end of the book of Joshua. And he is saying this, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Why? Because along the journey, I believe Joshua saw that the God that Moses truly did worship and follow after is the same God that Joshua was able to. And the same God that was faithful to Moses and revealed his faithfulness was the same God that Joshua was able to serve as well. Along the journey, praising the Lord. You go and you think about Daniel for just a moment. Before Daniel ever, in Daniel chapter 1, before we ever are introduced to the statement that Daniel purposed in his heart, he long before that had already done that. He had seen the faithfulness of the Lord. You're not allowed to pray anymore. And he goes and he opens his windows to Jerusalem and begins to pray. All throughout Scripture, you see individuals that are praising the Lord and living a life that is honoring to the Lord. And he says these words... In verse number one, I will praise thee, but notice what he goes on to say. O Lord, with my whole heart. My whole heart. As you begin to think about some personal reasons that you have to praise the Lord, maybe for some of you tonight, you've been through some difficult seasons. Well, praise the Lord for it. As we made reference to last week, as we were dealing with some of the, the most powerful times in our lives of just getting alone and getting in the stillness of the Lord and just saying, Lord, I just want to pause for a few moments. Sometimes we can be so bitter at the trials in our lives. We can be so angry at God because he allowed certain things to, to take place and we're not looking at it from God's perspective. And I've found to be true in my own life that as I have really recognized the trials in my life and the times in which God was doing a great work in my life, oftentimes it was in the midst of that trial. And I've been reminded that, hey, that was one of the most important times in my life. Why? Because I took all of the, 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 the things that I thought were right and all of the plans that I had and I thought, hey, I could fix it this way and I could do it this way. And I realized that all I needed to do was take it to the Lord. And I would draw near unto the Lord. And it was in those moments where the Lord began to reveal His goodness once again, afresh and anew. And as I think about this verse, I will praise you, O Lord, with my heart. My mind goes back to all of those times in my life when I've said, Lord, it was a, a troubling time, but you were still faithful. I don't just want to be a Christian that praises the Lord only when things are going my way. You, you know that, that, that type of, that person, many of you know this, this individual. This is an individual, maybe it's a coworker of yours, maybe it's a friend of yours, maybe it's a family member of yours, maybe it's just a, uh, an acquaintance that you know. But the, the, the person that you, you can tell when everything is going well in their life because their attitude is completely different. Right? Their, their circumstances dictate whether they're gonna be kind or not. Their, their, their circumstances dictate whether they're gonna be a, a pleasant person to be around. I don't want to be that type of Christian. 
I don't want to be a Christian that, that only when times are going my way and things are going my way and times are pleasant and there's no trials that then I'll be a happy Christian. Then I'll sing out. Then I'll praise the Lord. No, I want to praise the Lord regardless of my circumstances. And I don't just want to do it half-heartedly. I want to do it with my whole heart. The psalmist says, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. Notice with me, number two, not only some personal reasons that you can praise the Lord, you know those personal reasons because our God is personal to each and every single one of us. And so as personal as God is to us, you ought to recognize those times and those situations and those things in which he's been personal to you and praise him for those things. But this psalm right here, notice what it says, I will show forth all thy marvelous works. We see, number two, there are some powerful reasons, especially in this text here, that we ought to praise the Lord. Verse number Two, the Bible goes on and says, I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name. O thou most high, when mine enemies are turned back, they shall fall and perish at thy presence. For thou hast maintained my right and my cause. Thou saddest in the throne, judging right. That statement, for thou hast maintained, speaks of something that is constant, consistent, faithful, if you would. And so some things that we see in the text here that will encourage us concerning praising the Lord. Number one, concerning some powerful reasons. Praise Him for His faithfulness in your life. Um, I have three dogs. And many of you have dogs yourselves, and you know this to be true, uh, that oftentimes you can, you can get on to a dog. You can get angry with a dog. You can... Uh, you know, push a dog away. You can leave a dog behind and you can be walking around and you just, just scolded that dog, but that dog just two minutes later is right behind you still. Faithful. We've got three dogs. We've got Darcy, who is a, a wonderful dog and she is one of, uh, uh, she's our smaller dog. We've got Royal, who is again another great dog and both of those dogs are two of the best dogs that I've ever owned. And, uh, we recently, uh, about a year, a little over a year ago, got another dog, and that is Nash is who it is. Now, Nash is a little bit of a, a thorn in my flesh sometimes. Nash is that, that type of dog that he just don't, he doesn't get it. You know, he, you'll be, you'll be getting onto him. I, we, we laugh about it actually, and I, I need to take a video of this and have Miss Kelly standing next to me. But, but Nash, no lie, Nash, whenever I'm getting onto him, he, he will get real low and he'll, he'll raise his, his gums and it looks as though he is smiling at you as you are getting onto him. And all of a sudden you just see, it's like he's, you know, he's just smiling at you. I told Kelly one time, I said, Hey, watch this. And I began to act as though I was getting on a Nash and he's just, he gets real low and he just like smiles at me. I'm thinking this, he doesn't get it. He, I mean, what's going on inside the brain? He just, he's there. And so I'll get on a Nash, he'll do something, and he'll get into the trash or do something, I'll get on to him, and as I'm scolding him, and all of a sudden his tail starts wagging, he's following me, just like that, just faithful. Always faithful. You, you can't do anything to get him to go away, you can't, he's not gonna go away, you'll be telling him to go away, and he's just staring at you, and he's right there. And as I begin to think about that within my own life, there have been times whenever I sometimes will think as though the Lord is going to, man, he's, he's going to be angry with me. He's going to, you know, neglect me here. He's going to forsake me here. But I found to be true in the Christian life. The Lord, he can't. He loves me too much. He's faithful. And it's in those times, as a matter of fact, whenever I recognize those times in which I have failed the Lord, that I'm actually humbled. That a God that, that is so righteous and a God that is so good and a God that knows all things can still love a sinner. Can still love someone like me that has failed him time and time again and I'm humbled by the faithfulness of God in my life. 
In verse number two, he says, I will be glad and rejoice in thee. In verse number four, he says, for thou hast maintained my right and my cause. You can praise the Lord tonight for his faithfulness in your life. Notice with me in verse number five, what he goes on to say. In verse number five, he says, thou hast rebuked the heathen. Thou hast destroyed the wicked. Thou hast put out their name forever and ever. We sing the song and we've sing it, sung it many times. Is there anything too hard for thee? You think about those words, there's nothing too hard for our God. So not only can we praise him in a powerful way concerning his faithfulness, but we can truly praise him for his power. Notice what it says in verse number five. It says these words rebuked, destroyed, put out. Those are powerful things. Those are not soft statements about our God. Those are powerful statements about our God. Some of you right this very moment are praying something and in your mind, you can't fathom that prayer request being answered. It's too big for you. But can I remind you, it's not too big for God. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, that's not too big for your God to answer and to do what he knows to do and what he can do. Thou has rebuked the heathen, thou has destroyed the wicked, thou has put out their name forever and ever. The Bible says in Colossians 1.16, for by him were all things created. Why would we think our God can't do anything else then? For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. Psalm 28, 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiceth in my song. Will I praise him? You see, tonight our God is so powerful. So, so powerful, more power, so, so powerful to heal, to help, to, to seal, to settle, whatever you, you go through. He's, he's powerful to do it all. The psalmist recognizes this. Notice with me, number three, not only as you continue reading those words that are found in Psalm nine, I will praise thee. And he's making this personal, but he goes on and deals with these powerful things concerning the faithfulness of God, the power of God. But look at me in verse number 10 here. I love this. He said, and they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. Notice with me God's mercy here. Mercy speaks of compassion. It speaks of compassion towards someone who, within its own power, to punish or harm. And the Bible, in many pastor scripture, deals with this subject. Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. And find grace to help in time of need. Ephesians 2, 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You think about the mercy of God in your life. I was talking to a couple of individuals over the last week or so. And each of the conversations have been deeper conversations. And one of the things that continuously runs through my mind is there are just some things in life you just we just can't fathom. You can't comprehend. You can't understand. And I believe it would do us all good every once in a while to go and to find ourselves and sit in a quiet place, maybe out on your back door, uh, deck, or maybe in your living room in the recliner, no television on, nothing, maybe on your front porch, maybe just you know outside somewhere, wherever you find somewhere. And just really think about the simple fact that John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but everlasting life. And the simple fact that the scope of that, that verse right there deals with the world, and the source being God Almighty, 
But within that scope, you and I are found. That God looked down on this earth, this sinful place, and said, hey, they're worth it. He sent His only begotten Son to die on that cross for you and for me. And as you find yourself reflecting on your salvation and how good God has been to you, I believe it would put a burden back on your heart for souls. I believe it would put tears back in your eyes. I believe it would soften your heart and help you to realize that truly we are unworthy, but that's just how good God is. I will praise Thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all Thy loving, uh, thy marvelous works. Kelly and I were talking as we were in, uh, at, at teen camp, and sometimes it's kind of hard to imagine Really the simplest of thoughts that we get to serve the Lord. You, you kind of sit back and you, you, you look back and you kind of, you know, stand there and you say that there, there's so many other individuals that are more gifted and have this and this and this and this and this. And you stand back and you're just humbled that the simple fact that you can. And that you get get to. And we began to talk about that a little bit. And as you begin to think about each of our lives tonight, there are times whenever we just stand back and in in the midst of offering some perspective, the Lord begins to remind us that He has a purpose and a plan for each and every single one of us. And it's hard to comprehend that there's a God, as the psalmist begins to make this personal to himself, he is making it personal because he is personally seeing that God has been personal to him. I love that. I love that if we were just to pause tonight and begin to go around and share testimonies that every single one of us could pause for a few moments and say, I want to share how God has been personally good to me. And we would go on and all of our testimonies would be different in many regards, but the same in this one truth that it's been God that has been so good. I love that, how personal that he is. I will praise thee, O Lord. With my whole heart. Number three, notice with me, not only some personal reasons to praise the Lord tonight and powerful reasons to praise the Lord, but notice some of the results when you praise the Lord. In verse number seven on down, the Bible says this, but the Lord shall endure forever. He hath prepared his throne for judgment. He shall judge the world in righteousness. He shall minister judgment to the people in uprightness. The Lord also be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that sing thee, seek thee. Verse 11, sing praises to the Lord. As you come to Psalm 9 and you begin to realize some of the results of praising the Lord, you're encouraged by these things. In verse number 7, how that our God is a God that doesn't die like other gods. He endures. He is, he was, and he will always be. You begin to reflect on your salvation. You begin to reflect in verse number 9 on the help of God in your life. A refuge in times of trouble. In verse number 10, and they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. I remember many conversations with different people over the years. And there have been times whenever someone was just trying to pour into you. By that, I mean they were just trying to encourage you. They were trying to maybe disciple you. They were trying to bring you along in a a certain regard. And there have been many people along the way that have made statements like this, that whenever you are discouraged, seek to be an encouragement. Why? Because one of the greatest joys in life is encouraging someone else. You say, I'm discouraged. Why would I encourage someone? I need someone to encourage me because when you encourage someone else, you find yourself encouraged. Let's just say Jacob right here on the front row is discouraged tonight. And I'm discouraged tonight. And I go and I just let Jacob know, hey man, good to see you. Proud of you. Good to have you here. And all of a sudden he kind of perks up. Well, all of a sudden I'm perking up because I'm seeing that, hey, I've 
Lord, thank you. I was able to be a blessing to him, and he perked up a little bit, and so now I'm perked up. Seeking to be an encouragement. As I begin to think about that in my own life and the many opportunities that we have to worship and serve the Lord, I love these words right here. Verse number 11, sing praises to the Lord. Tonight, you might be here and you're, you're sitting in your seat and you're saying, you know, I really haven't done much thinking on the personal reasons I ought to praise the Lord. What would do you good to tonight? You say, well, it's, it's not Thanksgiving. Don't wait till Thanksgiving. What is it, 30 days in the month of November typically? Or does it rotate? 30? I think it's 30, right? All of a sudden we have 30 days where we're going to sit there and think on the, the goodness of God. No, think of the goodness of God all the time. Praise Him for the personal things and the personal matters and the personal things in your own life and the, the ways in which you have seen God say, you know what, child, I care about you. I, I love you. And, and all of a sudden the Lord blesses, encourages, and challenges and shows you that He cares. Personal reasons, powerful reasons, and there's always results. Praising the Lord just brings joy to the child of God. You're discouraged, praise the Lord, it'll encourage you. Because discouragement is oftentimes within our lives a moment in which we are looking at our circumstances. And our circumstances all of a sudden affect whether we're going to be in a good mood, bad mood, if we're going to go about life in a joyful way, or we're going to go about life in a very disgusting and hateful way, if we're going to, you know, seek to be a blessing or looking for a blessing. It's all about perspective. But as you go to the Lord and begin to praise Him, all of a sudden you are in that moment having to reflect, Lord, when have you been good to me? And all of a sudden, all of the many things pop into your mind. And so now that one thing that you've been griping about, that one thing that you've been focusing on, all of a sudden you say, you know what? What am I going to do? I've got 875 things the Lord has been good to me over here on. I've got this one thing. I think it'd be better if I just go ahead and focus on these things. You find yourself encouraged. Can I encourage you tonight? Praise the Lord. Praise Him often. Praise Him daily. Praise Him multiple times throughout the day and allow the Lord to use it. Lord, we do thank you tonight. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be a people of praise. Lord, I pray that you would guide us now, be at this time of invitation. Lord, that we would find ourselves just thanking you. Taking some time to acknowledge all that you've done, all of the many times in which you've encouraged us. Lord, simply for who you are. And I pray that would help us tonight. Lord, help us to keep it simple tonight and just simply praise you. We'll thank you for it. Guide us now. For it's in Jesus' name we do.